your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we welcome you into another edition of the Locked On Stars podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com, joined as always by my co-host Kenneth Nash on this Wednesday, bit of a quiet Wednesday, kind of a dreary Wednesday over here in Dallas. Uh, Kenneth, we're, we finally hit winter, so like I think it feels like just a few days ago it was like 80 degrees, and now I looked at the forecast the next two weeks, it's supposed to be in the 50s. And so we hit winter really quickly. Thanksgiving's over. December is finally here. This is our first episode of December. So happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy December, everyone. And happy December to you, Kenneth. Uh, how are things going? How are things going in your life? You know, I sometimes I ask about work. Sometimes I ask about Mississippi. But just how are things going in your life? It's it's a good time to ask that. I think it's been a while since I last asked. Uh, Good. I wasn't prepared for this question. You never are. Questioning. So, you know, um, I, I think every time I ask it, which is probably like once a month, you end up saying, I'm not ready for that. And so... Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be able to give you like a bunch of like really deep insights. things that have but, happened, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we're just chugging along right now. Yeah, I feel that. But hey, that's 2020's motto. And we're all chugging along and we're getting to the end of 2020, just a few days now. Uh, heck, four weeks from now, Kenneth, we'll be at the end of 2020, just about. Um, so, yeah, I know Kenneth Kenneth gave me the shocked face. We're all shocked. Uh, but regardless, <laughs> just want to wish everybody a happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all staying safe and healthy. Hope you're all continuing your countdowns, continuing to, you know, mark those squares on your wall calendars every day. Kenneth, do people still have wall calendars? Do you still have a wall calendar? Um, I have a desk calendar. I don't, calendar. but I, to, say, to, say, to say I don't still have one would be an exaggeration because I don't know that I really... I mean, I've had a couple of them in my lifetime, but like, I, I don't do. like... Yeah. I used to have one every yeah. year growing up. Like, it, it would be a Mavs one or a Cowboys one or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I had that kind of thing, but yeah. I didn't like... I didn't really ever use one, though. Yeah. Well, I never, I, I never used it. Literally, guy. it would just hang there. I never even like touched it, wrote on it, ever. Because uh, I was eight, I didn't really have anything to do besides like go to school and <laughs> go outside and play. But besides that, um, if you do have a wall calendar, props to you, and I hope you're still you know crossing off the days on your calendar, getting ready for the NHL season, whenever it may start, however it may look. Still don't know a lot about that, but Kenneth, crossing our fingers that hopefully in the next week or two we start to hear some concrete plans as to how that season may look, because of course. The NBA is just a couple days away from beginning. The NFL is now finishing up week 12, which while we're recording this episode, there's a football game being played again, an NFL game on a Wednesday afternoon. Never did I think I would never did I ever think I would come across something so beautiful as this, but it's also Raven Steelers. So it's like a really good game and it's a really no, good No, it's rival. not. I don't know if you've watched it's, any I, of these. I, I watched it's a little a bit. It's a pretty, game. it's a pretty boring game before we started recording, but it's a good rivalry <laughs> is all I'm saying. Good storylines. So regardless, and it's on a Wednesday afternoon, but the bottom line is now we're seeing the rest of the sports world is starting to kind of come into focus, Kenneth, on how the immediate future is going to look. Meanwhile, the NHL is trying to figure out just how their future is going to look in, in terms of economics, in terms of health, in terms of safety, in terms of efficiency, in terms of uh, you know execution and gameplay. Lots going on, lots of questions still swirling. 
and we'll see how that plays out hopefully in the next week or two. Kenneth and I'll be back on Friday to talk a little bit more about it. But before then, let's just be really premature, Kenneth. Monday, you know, this is just, this is premature week. Monday, we jumped way ahead past the plans for the regular season and talked about potential plans for the playoffs. Today, let's jump even further ahead and talk about potential outlooks for the NHL and all 31 franchises in the 2023-2024 season. Now, just setting the stage for you here, Kenneth, guess what that means? <laughs> Do you know what that means? The 2023-2024 season? Yes. We're going to be 26 I mean, when puck drop when puck drop happens on opening night. 26 years old. Think about that. Like I would love to tell you like our life will be like halfway over at that point, right? I would you just made a lot of people who are not 26 years old anymore very upset. You're right. You're right. I, my apologies. My apologies to people. I'm sorry. I, I, If it's any consolation, I already feel like I'm like 40 years old, both physically, mentally, emotionally. He acts like it. Everything. I know I do. Thank you. I, I try to be mature. That means I'm mature, right? Okay. Kenneth, no Kenneth gave me the weird eyebrow look. But regardless, Kenneth, it, it's... It seems like it's a while away, but at the same time, it, it seems like everything's chugging along with how time is rolling. Time has been kind of a flat circle this year. We'll probably be there before we know it. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you think of it, you look at some of these future projections and you go, man, that's a really, really long way off. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's, I mean, we're talking about what, two seasons from now, right? After, 21. After the 21 and the, or no. So two, three seasons three from Three seasons, now. Three yeah. Three seasons. Three from seasons. Now. This, yeah, this, so three this shortened seasons season from now. and then two full seasons, hopefully. Yeah, so I mean, we're talking about, right. you know, not that far down the line. Um, and what's interesting is when you dive into this, you see how quickly not only the landscape of the NHL is going to change, right. obviously it will, but how quickly this Stars team is going to look very, very different than the team that we see on the ice right now, right? We look at this team as a team that, oh, they've got a lot of guys under contract, right? We're going to run the same team for a couple more years, yeah. which seems like it's, okay, the long-term, you know, kind of a long-term thing. But then when you look at it in the scope of three seasons from now, we're talking about a drastically looking team, different looking team than what we're going to see right now. Absolutely, and if you even go back, Kenneth, to, of course, we know the NHL is a league of parity. Uh, wait, okay, I've, I'm always lost. Is parity, like... Parity, P-A-R-I-T-Y. Yes, is, is it like, is there little parity or lots of parity in the NHL? How, how do you say that uh, correctly? Like A lot of parity. There's a lot of parity. And the fact that, you know, 31st can, 31st can, they've gained, you can go from dead last in the league to like a playoff team in a span of a year or two, it seems like, in the NHL. And, and we've seen a couple teams do that, seen a couple teams kind of resurrect, even mid-season. You go back two seasons ago, can St. Louis Blues go from worst to first in a span of six months in the NHL or five months in the NHL? So it's certainly a league that is ever changing and ever shifting, and we know that to be true, especially if you're a follower of the Dallas Stars. Uh, you know, Kenneth, we're talking about three seasons from now. We play a revised season and two more seasons, but if you flip it and go in reverse, we're talking about 1920, 1819. 
1718. We're talking about the 1617 season was three seasons yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't even... I was wondering, yes, I was wondering I, where you were sorry. taking that we're for a second. The and I was like, what? Yes, yes. But and then you said 1920, and I was like, what? Josh, what? what are you talking about? Josh has lost I'm, his mind. I'm no expert, but I'm fairly sure the district in the Dallas Stars. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I guess technically I am. It's, it's I am December. a local expert per Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, you but, are. Yeah. But it's like the 1617 season, which was a, a very forgettable one in Dallas Stars terms. Doesn't feel like that long ago. Obviously, Lindy Ruff was head coach. We've had a number of other head coaches since then uh, coming through the Dallas Stars bench. But at the same time, you still have a number of core players from that roster that are on this roster. Can't Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Radic Fox, John Klingberg, Essel Lindell made his debut that season. You you have a number of same players, and, and it just goes to show that it seems like it was a long time ago. But at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't really feel that long ago. And of course, a lot's happened since then. The stars have gone on a bit of a roller coaster in terms of results and, you know, overall output over the past few seasons. But when you get down to the, the crux of the matter, 2023, 2024 may seem like a long time away, but we really are approaching it rather quickly. And this Dallas Stars team has the chance to look substantially, significantly different than it does right now as they're preparing for the 2020, 2021 season which again don't know when that's going to start hopefully soon we're crossing our fingers here at the locked on stars podcast and i'm sure across the locked on nhl network and all hockey fans uh simultaneously but for this uh for this podcast kenneth and i wanted to dive into this is actually an article who would have guessed we're diving into an article from the athletic kenneth who would have guessed it's not we've never done this before except for like every other episode for the past two months while we've been trying to come up with content to talk about uh, but we're diving into an article on The Athletic from Craig Kustantz that is titled, if you want to go and read it, it's titled NHL Future Power Rankings Projecting the 2023-24 Standings. If you want to follow along while you're listening to this podcast, make sure to pull it up on The Athletic. And if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic yet, go ahead and subscribe while you're here, while you're waiting, while we go to break here in a minute. But when we come back, we're going to talk all about the rankings, specifically the way they rank the Dallas Stars if the stars are too low, if the stars are too high, and just what this might mean for the Dallas Stars organization moving forward in both the short-term and long-term future as we approach 2023-2024, but hopefully a lot of hockey between now and then. But we'll dig into that article right around the corner when the Locked On Stars podcast continues in a moment. Before we get to this article that we're going to talk about today, a little bit of a little bit of we're talking we're talking about the future. And what we're going to do three years from now, what the stars are going to look like three years from now. But let's talk about tomorrow and okay. that wall that you're already dreading going through and oh. having to break through tomorrow. I know. It's Mental, coming. physical, whatever it may be, you may hit a wall. And I've got just the thing you need to get through that. And that is no. Built Go. These one and a half ounce packages of the best workout gel on the market are easy to toss in a briefcase, a golf bag, or just stick in your pocket as you go about your day. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. They've got three flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system quickly. And it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Collagen also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Right now, our listeners can go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And 
we're back here at the Locked On Stars podcast. Wishing you all a happy December, a happy Wednesday. We're rolling right through 2020. Kenneth, just a couple more days left in this odd month. This or this an odd month, odd year, uncharacteristic year uh, for a lot of reasons. But regardless, we're here. We're bringing you this Wednesday episode, talking a little bit about the future, talking about the Dallas Stars' future specifically as told by The Athletic and as projected by The Athletic. If you have not already read the story, if you haven't seen it, make sure to go check it out at, obviously, theathletic.com. Craig Kustance on the NHL, under the NHL tab, doing a projected future power rankings. It was actually Craig and a number of panelists from The Athletic. Kenneth, Corey Pronman was on there, Scott Wheeler was on there, Mike Russo, Scott Burnside, Arpon Basu, a number of other guys and, and girls on this, uh, on this, what are we calling this? A panel. On this panel, Kenneth. A number of other, <laughs> a, a number of athletic writers and analysts on this panel trying to break down what the NHL is going to look like a couple years from now. Because of course, Kenneth, we've talked about how much parity there is in the NHL and how quickly teams can change from either contenders to you know potentially you know cellar dwellers in the standings to full rebuild and it just seems like it's a bit of a cycle for for most NHL teams but at the same time there is a little bit of a gap it's usually about two to three years if you're a team in a full rebuild you're usually not expecting to get into the playoffs one year down the road but potentially three years down the road you make some good trades you acquire a lot of draft picks you pick up some really strong young prospects maybe sign a free agent or two and you're back in the saddle three years down the road so that's probably why we're going with this sort of timeline here, Kenneth, going to 2023-2024. But here's how this uh, ranking actually worked. So panelists from The Athletic rated every team on a 1-10 to 10 scale in four different categories. Those four categories are their under-25 core and prospects. So all players under the age of 25, uh, management and coaching, ownership and market. Ownership and market is one category. Uh, is one category management and coaching is one category and then the salary cap situation is the final category the ratings were then averaged out with the under 25 core counting twice because of its higher value in the development of each franchise of course you need top prospects you need top young players if you're going to survive down the road and they're sorted from highest average to lowest to produce the rankings and so they break down the panelists, then they get into the rankings. We're just going to go ahead and we'll talk about the rest of the rankings, Kenneth, here in a few minutes and where some other teams fall, some Central Division teams, who's at the top, who's at the bottom. But dead set in the middle, just actually below the median line, Kenneth, are the Dallas Stars. Now, the Stars are clocking in at 22nd, and they they ended up with an average score of 5.6 among these four uh, categories. And at at first glance, can a 22nd doesn't look very good when you think about the the hopes of the future. That's not a playoff team. If you're not in the top 16, that's not a playoff team in the, in terms of those rankings. So it certainly doesn't look great off off the, off the bat, but also it could be worse, right? Yeah, it's you know, and, and one thing to take into account is the Stars are a really tough team to kind of project right now because you look at them, they are. Uh, right off the bat, they, we've, we've talked about they are an older team. They are a team that is looking at a window, right, that was kind of 
this year, next year, and potentially the year after. But really, right. this past year and this year, we're getting ready to these kind of these two years, right through twenty twenty two is kind of that window that we kind of see. You know, that's where you've got some guys like Joe Pavelski, Alexander Radulov uh, signed through. Denis Gurionov well, yeah. obviously would be eligible for a new we call contract. It, that kind of thing. We call it the Pavelski window, right? After you get to Game Seven yeah, in the he, second round in twenty nineteen, then you sign Pavelski to a three year deal, an aging veteran. It's like, all right, here's the three years. This is it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's that's really what it was, right? It's that we it kind of this window kind of rides along with Joe Pavelski's contract, so they're a tough team to project because right when they're kind of setting this projection, the majority of this team is not going to be here. They're going to have aged out. They're going to have left in free agency, whatever it may be. Right. And you're only talking about a few guys being around, so you're trying to project guys that a lot of guys that you have never even seen. We're talking about their prospects. As, as filling in those roster slots, right? Because that's so much of this team is going to be based on that. So, first of all, it's, they're, they're one of the tougher teams to project because they are older with a lot of expiring deals in the next three years, whereas a lot of these teams are younger with long-term contracts. They can project easy, a little bit more easily what they're going to develop into. Um, you kind of go through, and, and Josh, you kind of go through the ratings. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you mentioned it was it ranked. Was it one through ten? Correct. Yes. Um, yes. And was the was the was this grading system? And I think there um, were three. There, I think there were three panelists on each. For, three for each category. Each category. Yeah. yeah. So three three judges so you, giving them a one through ten rating on each category. So you go through the stars in in their overall, like you said, they're 22nd with a 5.6 rating. You go through their young core U25 players and uh, prospects. They're dead even at five. You know exactly, exactly media median uh, kind of kind of score right there. You look at management and coaching a 7.5, ownership and market a 6.3, and then their salary cap situation is a 4.2. That's the lowest rating. Right. But you kind of look at that and you go right off the bat. What do my eyes go to? I, I don't even look at the salary cap situation because I, I understand, I think, where they're coming from there. It's the young core and prospects being a five on the nose. That tells me that we don't really know what they've got in the, in the in the bank, right? Right. In terms of young players and prospects, because if we knew they were coming up with a bunch of stud players, if they, you know, if they were the Rangers with, you know, Alexis Lafreniere, those kind of talents yeah. coming through that we hadn't seen in the NHL yet, they're a little bit higher. But it also doesn't mean we've, we they've got guys right around the NHL that go, okay, these guys really aren't NHL quality. They're in the middle, right? right. They could go one way or the other. So, right. you're, you know, you're a couple of hits uh, from their young guys, you know, their young players outside of Miro Haskin, you know, because he falls in that category. But there are a couple of hits from a Maverick Bork, from uh, from a Thomas Harley, a title engine. A couple of those guys really kind of coming in and go, these are legit NHL leading, you know, franchise leading players right. away from that that catapulting that number catapulting um so they're they're a tough team to project but i kind of zero in on those those young players and prospects yeah and that's obviously where we where we can kind of start our discussion uh now i wanted to i was wondering this for a minute kids and i i haven't really found the clarity in the story but when they say under 25 prospects do they mean the under 25 prospects right now or the prospects that are still going to be under 25 in 2023 I assumed I I took it as the the players that are under twenty five currently on the roster okay. and 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 prospects that are with you because then you would if you were just going under twenty five at that point the you're, you're basing it off such a small sample size because a lot of these guys that are going to be prospects of the team in three years because then you would have to factor in prospects of the team in three years and you don't know who those guys are going to be necessarily that's right? a fair point yes so so in other words yeah you're looking at those numbers you're looking at 
where the stars are in that regard. Starting, obviously, the cutoff would then, I guess, be the 2014 draft, 2014-2015 draft, because that's where most of your now 24-year-olds that were 18 back then are now uh, moving into the 24-25 range. So anywhere from Julius Honka, as we now know he's back, hashtag free Honka movement, Kenneth, make sure to throw it up, uh, if you will. Or maybe the not. Free honka yeah, movement? hashtag free hashtag, honka movement. Hashtag free honka yep, movement. we're doing the hashtag with our uh, fingers, by the way. But then you've got, you know, your Dennis Garyanov, Rope Hints, Miro Haskin, and Jake Ottinger, Jason Robertson. The list kind of goes on and on. Lots to talk about on the prospect side. A lot to talk about, of course, on the management side and coaching side as well. The ownership and market, the salary cap situation. There's a lot to dig into on these rankings and see just why the Dallas Stars are where they are at 22nd on the Athletics future organization uh power rankings for the net or proje- power rankings projected in 2023 2024 standings whatever the case however you may want to call it a lot to dig into and we will keep digging into it right around the corner when the locked on stars podcast continues in a moment stick with us and we're back here at the locked on stars podcast wrapping up this wednesday episode wrapping up this discussion on the future power rankings released by the athletic a couple days ago uh ranking all 31 nhl teams on where they where they could potentially be three to four years down the road in the 2023 2024 season dallas stars checking in at 22nd on their rankings this is due to a number of factors as kenneth and i already laid out Three panelists for each of the four categories, categories being young core, which is your under 25 players and prospects, management and coaching, ownership and market, and your salary cap situation. Three panelists for each category, ranking the stars one through 10. And Kenneth, let's go ahead and keep this rolling. So the next one we got, we got to talk about young core and prospects for a few more minutes, because like you said, it is really an enigma. It always it seems it seems like it always has been an enigma with the Jim Nil era in terms of drafts. There were obviously a couple of drafts early on where first round picks did not uh, where first round picks did not pan out, did not cash in, like Valerina Chushkin, Julius Honka, obviously now the Chushkin moving on from the Stars after the eighteen nineteen season, and then Julius Honka back with the Stars now, but potentially might only be a ninth man, tenth man on the depth chart going into this year on a one-year veteran minimum. But then you have some of those other young guys, Kenneth, like Dennis Gurionov and Ropa Hintz. Arguably, as you and I have said, your centerpiece is moving forward on offense. You've also got Miro Haskin in on defense, of course, Jay Gottinger in net. But those really, that core, those four guys could be your centerpieces in five years. Yeah, and and Four that's years. that's where that you know yeah. yeah yeah that's where you're kind of you it's hard to project those guys because you haven't seen them. It's like I said, and I used I think I used Alexis Lafreniere, even though we haven't seen him in the NHL, just like we haven't seen really seen Ty Delandria and Thomas Harley. There's a there's a certain pedigree there, right? He's he's the expectations are higher for him, and so that there's a boost there when you're comparing. And so that's where you got to compare, right? Is Thomas Harley and Ty Delandria very talented prospects? You know, the stars' expectations and and hopes for him are over the moon, right? right. But from a national perspective, they don't have quite the same pull or quite the same name recognition. So they're going to be, you know, their value is going to be what do they do when they get once they get to the NHL on a regular basis? You, and you kind of look. 
through the rest of these rankings. Uh, I think the young core and prospects is one, you know, I said, like I said, it was 5.0. I think it could go up very quickly. Say if they were to reevaluate this at the end of this year, you see Ty Delandria for an extended period of time with, with Tyler Sagan out. He performs well. That shoots up, right? That's just another player alongside uh, Miro Haskinen, who really obviously is, is kind of the building block of the franchise. The one thing that's interesting, you know, we talked about management and coaching and, and, it's a 7.5 rating, which is which is phenomenal, and, and that speaks, I think, to the faith that people around the league have in Jim Nill. He's able to kind of yeah. He's really he's able to consistently put together playoff teams in 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 tough situations, and and you know even though it's not they're not quite perennial playoff teams, uh, perennial playoff team, they're able to kind of they're able to get it done, and they're able to kind of make the right moves. And you saw he made the right moves again this offseason, right, by by bringing in guys like Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry, who ended up playing significant roles Kenneth, in the playoffs. Kenneth, that know? was now last offseason. That's now last offseason. Yeah, yeah, well, that was, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, but uh, doesn't you look like at uh, you look. You look at the uh, the ownership and market, uh, six point three rating, good, not amazing. It's it's they're they're definitely above the, and that a lot of that's because they're in the DFW market, right? Which is a huge huge sports market, and I think that's another rating that is interesting because in terms of act, you know, in terms of just sports market, you take hockey out of it, sports market. It's I believe it's like a top five or six market in in the country in the U.S. Um, in terms of sports, and uh, so you look at obviously the the hockey following not quite as quite as strong in, in DFW, but it's a market that could explode, um, which plays a big a big role I think in, in if if the market continues to grow like we've seen um, over the past couple of years, and, and maybe they put together some more deep playoff runs between now and this twenty three twenty four season. That that market value, I think, is just going to increase. But the one I think we want to touch on here, and we only got a few more minutes, is the is the salary cap situation. They were only given a four point two uh, on their salary cap grade. And Josh, that's interesting because, like you said, they only have four people under contract, four players under contract during that twenty three twenty four season. Yeah, uh, I guess I don't get to talk. Do I not get to talk about management, coaching, or ownership and market? I mean, you do. We it's have okay. five minutes. No, I know, I know. We are we are getting closer to our end than we'd like to. Uh, but obviously, yeah, like, like Kenneth said, you know, wrapping up those prospects, you've got the tie to Landry, Thomas Harley, Miro Haskin, and Dennis Grianov, Rope Hintz, that seems to be, and Jake Ottinger. Those seem to be kind of those pillars that should be hits, Kenneth, that you expect to be long-term pieces of the franchise, but a couple of those guys you still haven't really seen in NHL action, so have to see how those pan out. you got the other guys like Jason Robertson's and Nick Comanos that could end up being long-term pieces as well. Uh, and it's just a matter of waiting and seeing how they pan out at the NHL level. But, of course, that's the next three or four years of four. Management and coaching also can. Like you said, Jim Nill, one of the most well-respected GMs around the league. Some of the things he's accomplished as GM over the past few years. Two-time GM of the year finalist because of those actions, because of the trades, the signings, managing the salary cap properly, and keeping Dallas kind of always in the not in not just in the playoff conversation, Kenneth, but pretty consistently in the Stanley Cup contender conversation as well. I know, especially the first four or five years of his uh, tenure, there were a number of years where you know the betting odds would be released in June or July of Stanley Cup champions the next year, and the stars would usually be in the top five, top seven of teams up there. So certainly, lots of faith in the stars at being a contender. Obviously, don't know if Rick Bonus is going to be the head coach in three or four years, but. There's potential that he could be, Kenneth, depending on how these next few years pan out. Ownership and market, like you said, Kenneth, Dallas, one of those big four cities, and obviously everybody talks about his football town, but 
at the same time, hockey has exploded over the past 27 years, and especially over the past 5 to 10 years as well. Stanley Cup playoff run or Stanley Cup final run will only help with that. Okay, now I'm breathing. Now we're down to salary cap situation, Kev. See, I got my thoughts out. I'm happy. Uh, thank you for appeasing me for those uh, minute and a half, for those 90 seconds. It's I'm very grateful for them. But now let's dig into the salary cap situation. Like you said, it's a 4.2. And that is an interesting ranking. And Michael Russo, who does the uh, covers the Minnesota Wild for The Athletic, wrote this thought on it and said, you know, the Stars' strong rating for management coach, he said, not loving the future of the Stars right now with age and cap space, potentially catching up with them despite this summer's impressive run. But I do have a lot of faith in Neil to figure things out. That's one smart, respected NHL executive. And in the next three years, he'll have to steer through some thorny roster issues. Now, right off the top of my head, Kent, I'm thinking that if he's talking about thorny roster issues, he might, I'm assuming he's talking about Jamie Benn making $9.5 million for the next five years after having one of his, arguably the worst season of his NHL career this past season in terms of offensive production at least. And Tyler Sagan obviously at $9.85 million, both of them having down years in 2019-20, but plenty of room for them to both rebound and bounce back in the season to follow and in the seasons to follow. But like you said, Kenneth, the only players that are going to be under contract at the start of the 2023-2024 season as of right now Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, Radic Foxa, and Essa Lindell. Your goaltenders, both UFAs, Ben Bishop and Anton Udobin, after the 2022-23 season. Your defense, you've only got Essa Lindell, and you're obviously going to sign Miro Haskin into a long-term extension. That could that could, that could contribute Ken, to some cap issues, some cap gymnastics, and especially if you're trying to keep John Klingberg on board for another couple of years because he's hitting that prime of his career right now at age 28. And then you've got the Rope Hints and Denis Garyanovs that are going to be that are on bridge deals right now, earn, trying to earn long-term deals. So th- there is some gymnastics, I guess, when you think about it. But also, besides those names that I've mentioned, who else is a guarantee to be on this roster in four years? Yeah, I, there's not. You know, there's there's a few guys that you expect to be here, and I think I think maybe the the cap situation more has to do with, like you said. The fact that they're going to be paying between Tyler Tyler Sagan and Jimmy Ben, they're going to be paying them uh, nineteen, a little over nineteen million dollars in that twenty three twenty four season, um, and that would be a what thirty two year old Tyler Sagan, and I believe a thirty four year old, year old yeah. or thirty four yeah thirty four year old Jamie yeah. Ben. Um, and so, uh, you know, you look at those two guys, and then the question is production, right? If they're still producing, they kind of find a resurgence, and, and that's not completely out of the question, especially for Tyler Sagan, who's still very much in the in the heart of his kind of prime here. You know, then then that, that looks a lot different, right? If, if those guys are producing, like, $19 million worth of players, then yeah, then, then, then it changes. I think the question is, when you when you factor in the 100% surefire guaranteed sure thing, which is that Mayor Haskin is going to get a hefty extension, there's a lot of money left, but there's a lot of holes to fill. And so the yeah. thing that's going to kind of that's going to kind of make this make it or break it for the stars financially in, in 23-24 is going to be it's going to be tied to those U25 and those prospects, right? If you have some guys, Ty Delandria, uh, Thomas Harley, uh, you know Jake Ottinger, you have some of those guys, Jason Robertson, 
uh, Nick Commando, uh, you just and that's I've just naming a few, even Maverick Bork, even some yeah. of those guys come in and they go, they can fill a role right now. Maybe not top, you know, top top line, but if you can fill out your depth with those kind of guys who are going to be on entry level deals or bridge deals that aren't very expensive, then you've got money to go add to this team significant, you know, top tier players. But the problem is that those guys don't work, and you're now having to also pay for, you know, pay in free agency for your depth pieces. There's not really any room to add top end talent to this roster, and that's where the concerns come in. Because if you're if you're going okay, if Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben aren't you know aren't the Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben we know they can be. Right. If it's more what we're seeing this year, and they're making 19 million, and we have to go into free agency to find all of our depth, then to add the top two or three guys to go around Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben. We don't have the money to do that if you're the stars. Then you're starting to go, okay, there, there's some issues there. You're paying some guys a lot of guys, paying a lot of money to guys to be kind of a mediocre team. But you're, if you can get those young guys to pan out, uh, you know, specifically Ty Delandria, Thomas Harley, those are the two that they're really banking on. Then, you, then you're talking about going in and being able to to have a little bit more money to fill those roster spots. It's more of just a it's a dollar amount per roster spot issue that I think they're kind of honing in on right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like you said, you know, even in three to four years, Ty Delandria, Thomas Harley, those guys are still going to be on at most bridge deals, kind of kind of like Rope Hands and Dinskiri yeah. on Avar right now. And then obviously you don't know just how how much more Rope Hands and Dinskiri on will progress in addition to the impressive. Uh, performances they've put on over the past one or two seasons. So you don't know how much those next contracts are going to be worth. Are they going to be maybe in the $4 million range? Are they going to maybe up to 6 or $7 million range? You don't really know about that. You know Miro Haskin is going to get a hefty extension, probably eight years, maybe in the $10 million per year range. Uh, and, you know, Esselindel will still be under contract. If you're trying to keep John Klingberg, he's going to need an extension because he's still on one of the biggest bargain contracts in the NHL right now at seven years, $4.25 million AAV. But other than that, you like you said, if you look down this roster, besides Ben, Sagan, Faxa, and Lindell, there's no other money tied up in 2023-24 right now. So there's no guarantees at how that might look and how these players might pan out, these young guys, these under-25 prospects, as well as any other free agents that Jim Nell might try and add over the next three or four years. So lots of question marks on the cap space side of things, but maybe, you know, a 4.2, eh, I, Kenneth, I would say, I would say I would give it like a 5.5. I would give it, I would bump it up I would a think, I would put it, I would put it closer to five, just kind of like the, kind of like the young players, right? Yeah. It really could go either way. If, if things go poorly, don't break in their favor. Maybe one or two of those guys, you know, they struggle to, to kind of supplement the depth. And Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn really aren't kind of uh, up to the to, to the par they need him to be. Then you're looking at some some issues. But if it breaks your way, you're talking about having a, a decent chunk of money and a bunch of guys that are on entry level or bridge deals. And so you're talking about you're gonna have some cash to throw out some big, even short term deals, right? Taylor right. Hall, I know one year one year deal. Those kind of deals, yeah. if they're available to be made, the Stars would be a team that would make a lot of sense for that kind of that kind of move. Especially if you're still in a flat cap world, Kenneth, which Gary Bettman mentioned today might be a possibility, depending on how salary deferral uh, negotiations roll along. Lots to talk about on that front and the 2021 NHL season, which Kenneth and I will get to on Friday. So make sure to join us on Friday to hear that discussion. we got plenty more to talk about regarding the season. But just for reference sake, if you haven't gotten a chance to read the article yet, if you're in the car listening to this podcast, do not read and drive. Awful idea, Kenneth. Terrible idea. Like bottom 10 idea 
uh, that you could do on your Wednesday evening or Thursday morning whenever you're listening to this. But just for reference sake, Toronto Maple Leafs coming in at first on this ranking at an 8.2. Last place, the poor Florida Panthers coming in at a 3.7, 31st overall. And then in terms of Central Division, Kenneth Stars clocking in at fifth in the central, among Central Division teams. Colorado Avalanche were second on this ranking. The Winnipeg Jets came in at 12th, I believe. Yes, 12th. Coming in at 12th, the Minnesota Wild coming in at 18th, Chicago Blackhawks at 19th, Stars at 22nd, St. Louis Blues at tied for 23rd, and Nashville Predators at 25th to close out the Central Division. So, an interesting exercise, Kenneth, and obviously a lot to look forward to for this Dallas Stars team. A lot of unknowns, but sometimes that's how we like it. And, you know, really, would the Dallas Stars have it any other way? than a lot of unknowns in the both near and long-term future. But other than that, I think that's about all we've got for this Wednesday episode. Kenneth, what a time. What a time it was. Had lots of laughs, had some fun, talked about wall calendars for a little while. Um, you know, can you spend your Wednesday any better? I don't think so. I don't, and Kenneth's giving me the signal. I, I don't think he wants to talk uh, anymore. We're over time. I do. We're over time. Well yeah, time. we're over time. So make sure to please continue to follow along. We can't thank you enough for your continued support, continuing to subscribe, promote us wherever you find your podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support. It means the world. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Stars. I'm at Josh underscore Clark zero two. Kenneth at Kenneth underscore Nash 19. And make sure to tune in on Friday. We'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming NHL season. Hopefully it's coming up over the uh, on the horizon here in the near future. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on Friday. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.